Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jets Club Podcast. This is Faith Uno, and today we're going to be interviewing Minister Dinaru and DJ Thrift from the Temple of Hip Hop. They're currently touring with KRS-One for his new album, The World Is Mine. Make sure you check out both parts of the interview. Gentlemen, welcome to the Gentleman's Club. Thank you for your time, your energy, and your presence. Uh, so far, we've had a great evening, mm-hmm. and it's been an honor to, to, to get to, to kick it with you guys. And um, let's go with the first couple of rounds. What do we got, Faith? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm just happy that we got guests. We got the Temple of Hip Hop here course, tonight. Of course, definitely. And for me, this is a huge honor because I've been a student of Kara's One for a long time. Right. Shout out to the Blastmaster. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, I picked up the book about six years ago. I got in touch with Minister Zinuru, Mm -hmm. and I finally got to meet him for the first time. All right. That's what's up. Last weekend. So I'm now he's here. Yeah. We are here in the building. We done had uh, Mexican food and beer. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Politicking. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Well, listen, um, let me ask you something. Uh, I guess, Minister, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, how how did how did this happen for you? How did you get, um, I guess, into the the temple of hip hop? Okay. How did that work out for you? Well, okay. So I first got into temple hip hop when I heard about it on uh, the I Got Next album. Okay. Yeah, the, the little, right. You know, right. He's talking about it and the little interludes, and then there was a, a, a little sign little sheet. sign sheet at the back. Absolutely. And so I didn't want to mess up my cassette tape, so I wrote it all out on the separate sheet of all paper. Right. You Dig know, that. Dig sent that. that in, and then you know, I never heard back, but I always kept track through it through the albums, and okay. then. Um, you know, I went online one time at a friend's house, found out of the Hip Hop Declaration of Peace. I went out and got a computer mm. and, and got the internet just so I could check out the Temple of Hip Hop. Okay. I was really feeling the work that, that the teacher at KRS-One was doing right. um, uh, beyond, you know, just entertainment. And then uh, I got it. I went to a show, one of his concerts. Somebody handed me a flyer. Okay. And um, I ended up set, it was uh, to donate money to the cause, mm-hmm. $100 a week they're asking so they could keep a building called the Temple of Hip Hop opened up in L.A. Okay. And I, uh, I started sending 25 bucks a week down, and, um, you know, I could get into detail. I don't know how much detail you want me to get into, but the, the, the way the story works out is that uh, I started sending this $25 a week, and he ended up calling my house, the teacher did, and I missed it. I missed okay. the call. He left the answer machine message. And, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And That's I like crazy. it was crazy because for me that was like I was I say it all the time I could have I could have died that day and been happy Absolutely. I was like my life is complete <laughs> I got Karis one on my answering machine sure. I don't. I called all my friends. I was playing it over the phone for them, that's and they were like, yo, that's, that's wild. And yo, hold on. I don't yeah. mean to interrupt, but sure. we might have to translate a little bit. Why? Uh. What's an answering machine? More voicemail. For the internet. Right. For the right. people on the, the internet. internet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, okay, let me ask you this. That, the, but, so what is it? Oh, all right. So it's a serious thing. Well, listen, because I'm an old bastard, right? Uh-huh. So what that is is basically the port the portable version of voicemail. You had to pop a tape in, uh-huh. preferably a 90 minute Maxwell, <laughs> right? And you would just sit there and just press the button and let the let the message play back. Yeah. That's fucked out, man. That's how old I am. Yeah. But listen, 
How did that feel? Like, how, how did the message go? Yo, it's KRS. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, yo, please. This is KRS <laughs> oh one. He's like, yo, I'm just reaching out to you. He goes, yo, I've been getting these checks in at the Temple of Hip Hop. I just wanted to thank you personally. And he's wow. like, I wanted to talk with you ear to ear. We could build um, and, and, and give me a call with this number. And he left the phone number. Right. And I was like, yo, I, I dialed the number right away. It didn't pick up. I was dialing it like every hour, like, <laughs> it's not picking right, up. And then all of a sudden it's going right to voicemail. And then like three days later, it just, it was just a ringtone. There was nothing there. It was, wow. it was dead air. And I was like, oh man, what's going to happen next? And so right. I kept sending the checks down okay. and, uh, I, I ended up moving my family. You know, we bought a new house. I was about to get a contractor's license. I've been landscaping for years. Right. Um, and, uh, I got an email inviting me down to what's called the roundtable discussion in Los Angeles, the Temple of Hip Hop be- building, and um, we were supposed to have a bunch of people there, but who ended up being there was Cool Herc, uh, Busy B, okay. Cool Mo D, and Grandmaster Kaz and the teacher, right. and they're discussing where they wanted the future of hip hop to go, and also discussing the actual history of hip hop at that time with the pioneers there. Right. Uh, so I ended up going down there. I got in a wreck on my way down. Um, I had a dude in this uh, Mercedes, this like high-end Mercedes, like as a classic Mercedes, this young college kid okay. ran into the back of my Jeep Cherokee, bent the Jeep, like literally buckled it in half, um, wow. and, and the bumper flew off, and it was like wobbling, um, and something drew me. I got back in the car and just kept driving. You okay. know, we, we, Dedication. we, we exchanged heavy, numbers, right? and um, it, was, it was funny because I say this was... He, the, the kid put me up at a hotel room. He said, I'll get you a room for the night. So I was just going to rest and just, right. you know, I just been in this. It was a heavy wreck. And uh, only one door would open up on my car just to show him. The Jeep's are pretty tough cars, you know. It's a four-wheel drive Jeep. And Absolutely. so he buckled it. That's how fast he was going. Wow. And um, he ended up walking into the hotel room. I'm like, yo, I don't even know you. What are you doing here? He's like, I need to sleep too. I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So I was just going to keep driving. Wow, that's and I, crazy. I drove this wrecked Jeep all the way down to L.A. I still had about six or seven hours left on the drive. Okay. And it was raining. You know, it was January. Super just the worst of conditions. Yeah, and in L.A. too, where it's usually not raining. And there was snow going over the grapevine. I mean, it was crazy. Right, right. And, but I was like, yo, I feel I felt a sense of destiny you okay. know, later on. And, and you know, and, and also I was... Um, being, you know, when you get hit, you get into this kind of shock state. So I realized right. later that I was seeing things I may not normally see had I not been shocked into that state. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, I ended up going to the, to the, there was a concert the night before. My brother came down. He heard about the wreck. Okay. Came down to pick me up and uh, saw the Jeep was totaled, that there's no way I should have been driving this thing. Hmm. And, uh, you know. But somehow you made it, though. So, yeah, I made it. It, it was I was determined. It was, it was, I was a landscaper, was so I, I see I see I, I see all the Mexican dudes' cars landscaping, and these dudes right. would drive some nice whips when Absolutely. they wasn't working. Yeah. But see this like '69 Ford pickup truck, and you're just like, how did they drive that Beat to work? Shit, right? But that was my inspiration for real. <laughs> <laughs> fun, Listen, you aspired to something, and you yeah. wanted something even more. Yeah, and it, it willed you. You willed yourself. I, it was willpower. Absolutely, exactly. was. Wow. And I'm big on willpower. And possibly even a concussion too. You yeah. could have been fucked up. <laughs> oh, I was. I stopped to do some wreck. tai chi, and yeah. I was like, You're so wild. That's crazy. I, I didn't sleep for like two days, you know, because I. I was in shock. My body wow. was in shock. Wow. And, and when I finally got to stop and rest, like after the adventure, like I slept for a couple of days. I was like, wow, I was sore moving around. Like, whoa, yeah, that no. was a heavy Believe wreck, it. man. Wow. Um, and it, what was really uh, the part of it was, was um, 
I ended up going through the, the, the roundtable discussion. They had a concert the night before, which was really dope. Right. Um, but to go to the roundtable discussion and, you know, Cool Herc talking about his story, Busy B, Cool Mo D, they were both talking about their battle. Okay. Uh, Grandmaster Kaz was talking about having his rhyme stolen by Big Bang Hank, right, which made right. rappers delight. So I'm just getting the download on history. Now, listen, let me cut you off one mm-hmm. second. Internet, for, for those that don't know, everything you're hearing here, you need to do your homework right. and your research and understand who these people are that the minister's mentioning because they all deserve your utmost respect. Word. Get that yeah. shit together real quick. Mm-hmm. Continue, Minister, please. I'll even go through the list. Cool DJ Hurt. Let's go. Cheap Rocker Busy Come B. Come on with it. Cool Mo D. Mm. And Grandmaster Kaz. Okay. And, of course, KRS-One. Those are the names you need to look Absolutely. up and know. And they'll lead you to anywhere else, like hip-hop history. Sure. If you start reading up on Kaz, you'll find about Cold Crush. You'll find about, you know, Furious Five. And, you know, you'll just find right. out about all how it's all right. interrelated. Absolutely. These are the pioneers. The, the real pioneers of, who of were the, there when yeah. it was being birthed. And Cool Herc, the father of the culture, was the centerpiece at this event. Wow. And, and it's all on film. We have it all archived at the Temple of Hip Hop. So eventually we'll, we'll start bringing that out. Sure, sure. Um, and if you go online and you go on the YouTube, um, there is, if you... Uh, an introduction to the Temple of Hip Hop. You'll actually see some footage from that. We just dropped that out okay. a couple weeks ago. Wow! Um, so anybody wants to go online on YouTube, an introduction to the Temple of Hip Hop, okay. and, and you'll see. That's what they that need meeting. to type on the search. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just introduction to the Temple, temple of Hip Hop. Okay. And they, they should be able to find that okay. up there on That's that. So cool. Uh, so the, this is quicken up the story here. Sure. The um, I, I really wanted to meet the teacher, but there was like 150 people in the audience there, and he was surrounded by people. My brother needed to get to work the next day, and we had an eight-hour drive. So he wow. was—he's like, I'm gonna get like three hours of sleep if I'm lucky right. to get to work. And I'm like, Yeah, we got to get going. So I used the restroom, and we're parked right across the street from the Temple of Hip Hop. Okay. And I mean, literally within that five minutes of using the restroom and grabbing my stuff, mm-hmm. teacher went from being surrounded by people. We walk across the street. He's standing right next to the truck with just one other person. I was like, yo. Get out of here. Yeah, I was like, yo, this is meant to be. And I went up, and I started. I just joined in on him and the other person's conversation. Right, right. And uh, and he looks at me. He's like, yo, what's your story? He's like, I saw you in there. He's like, you're here now. What's going on? I was like, yo. I said, you called me uh, about two or three months ago, about two or three months had passed at that time. He's like, I did? Okay. He's like, remind me, I call a lot of people. And I was like, yo, I've been sending checks down. And he goes, that was you? And he got excited. He lit up. And he's like, that was you? I said, I was one of the people who was sending the checks down. He goes, you're the only one. And I was like, yo, he's like, I've been waiting to meet you. Where have you been? And he just, I was like, yo. My and my brother, my brother, he's a he's a fan at this time too. But he's right. looking at me like, "What the, yo?" And his mouth, my brother's jaws is down, and I'm just like, "Wow!" And he, he teaches just like, "I want to build with you." He goes, "He goes, you're seeing what other people aren't seeing." He goes, "You mm, get right. what I'm doing here." Mm, KRS One. He's, like, he's saying that he goes, "I need man. you." Wow. He said, "He's like, I need you. I need to talk with you." Okay. And he's like, and and it was funny because this is a lesson for people too. Because he goes, "Do I got your number?" Mm. And I said, I won't say the other guy's name, but I said, so-and-so has my number. Right. He goes, good, I'll get it from him. And dude never gave him my number. Man, what a hater. What a hater, right? Wow. Well, I didn't give him my number, but the Temple of Hip Hop building was opened up, and so I started going down there every week. Okay. Um, this, the, the next one was like three weeks after I first met him when it officially opened up. Right. 
And I started going down there every week. And for me, that was a huge commitment because I just moved my house, my family. Right, right, of um, course. And, and it's an eight-hour drive both ways Oof. from from Northern Cali down to, to right. Los Angeles right. like that. And I'm just moved. Like, all my money, everything was tied up into the move. And so I'm, like, I'm working hard starting in a new town to start my landscape business sure. to get my cash, keep the kids fed, make sure they got groceries. Right, right. And I got to drive my work truck down and back. Mm. And I just wrecked my Jeep, so right. I didn't have that. I had yeah. to use like, my old dog's yeah. work truck. Let's talk about commitment. Yeah. Commitment that is a dedication. huge word, yeah. I think, in life. It is. You it know? seems like it's getting lost more and more as time's gone on. Absolutely. And you really got to be committed to it. And I... Or committed. You know? <laughs> One or the other. Or both. Or both, or yeah. Or both. So, yeah. And it, it, was, it was wild, but I would see him every week, and we talk a little bit. And the very last meeting, he said, yo, I was about to ask him, how do we get on tour? Right. But before I could ask even, he said, yo, we're about to do this tour. Everyone here is invited on tour. Wow. But you got to come with something. He goes, we need meet with the manager. He's like, we need a van. We need this, that. Okay. And I said, I, I was somewhere else. He said, he said, oh, he gave the lesson that night. He goes, if you need a new car and you don't have the money, go buy the armor all for the car first. It's mm. a lesson for people. He goes, and okay. then look at the armor all. Don't open up the armor all for the tires. Right. Look at it and visualize yourself putting armor all on the tires. Mm. I was just like, okay, that sounds dope. And then right. he said, we need a new van. And I was like, okay, I'll get a new van. I'm, I, mean, I don't even want, I, I have no business saying this. Right. Just bought a new home. It just came I'm out married. of like I'm not even telling. I'm not checking with my partner. No, no, I, 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 nothing. I have no credit. Like, like, like my credit. Like, I, and I don't even have a job really because I just start my own landscape business. Right. I said I'm gonna get a new van. So I tell the manager that he's like, okay, bet. And I was thinking, okay, I'll take my work truck and flip it and get like a cargo van or something. Sure. I can get a van for five grand. My okay. truck's worth about three grand. Maybe I can figure something out. And then they're like, no, we need a we need a conversion van, and we're going to be carrying Herc and Busy V. That that was the first plan. I was going to be carrying the pioneers around in this van. Right, right. So like, I got to get a nice van. But he gave and and, and he gave me the, the the clue that night with buying the armor all. So I drove home that night, and I spent my last five bucks on that armor all. Right. I put the gas in my car and I have five bucks. I was like, get a drink, you know, get some soda or something, or you know, some food, or get the armor all. I saw the armor all at the gas station, bought it. Right. Put it up on a shelf and looked at it every day. And um, I got laughed out of the dealership. I went in to get a van. They laughed me out. They're like, dude, get you don't have any money to put down? And I was like, I don't. I, I told Harris when I'm bringing this van. <laughs> you know? I and they're expecting it. They're calling me up. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm getting this van. And I'm believing it. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And um, it was so funny. I, I was at the... Uh, um, I was at the... Uh, uh, Deal, at a dealership, I'd driven like like a couple hours to this other dealership, right. and and they they called my name over the loudspeaker and said I had my dad was on the line. I was like, why is my dad calling me at the dealership? Get out of here. I, he knew I was looking for a van because I was like talking to him because he knows cars, you know. Right. I was like, what's a good van to get? And he and he goes, he goes, what are you doing right now? I says, I'm about. I said, I'm trying to get this van. It's like they want like X amount of dollars a month. It's pretty expensive. I can't really afford it, but I need to get it. Right. And he's like, nah. He goes. He goes. He goes. Your mom wanted me to call you because my, my, at that time my mom's a uh, uh, she's a financial uh, she does uh, bookkeeping. So okay. I just keep all my records with her because she's a pro at it. You right. Know? Right. Of course. And so 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 she he's like your mom just got a call from the insurance company. He's like he's like so you're getting a check from the jeep that got wrecked. No. I was like what? He's like so yeah. He's like so you that got like sucks. six grand on this check. Wow. And he goes he goes. 
He goes, just he goes, he goes, just come down to the house tomorrow, and he goes, he goes, I'll co-sign the, I'll co-sign for the van, Jeep van for you. We'll put that. He's like, we'll use the six grand from the, that you got from the Jeep as a down payment. Of course. But whatever the difference is, he's like, I'll co-sign for you, and then you just make the payment. And I was like. I'm in there. I was like, thanks, Dad. I was like, hey, you know, my, they're good parents, but, like, that was above and beyond for me. Right. I knew that was God working at that time. Absolutely. And, and, and so the money from the wreck ended up getting the van. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I drove down to L.A. with the van, and, um, like, a couple of days later, I drove out to, um, I met Tisha in Denver. Okay. And so he gets out, and he hasn't seen me since these meetings. And when I said, I'm going to get a van. Right. And now, you know, three weeks to a month has passed. I'd say about three weeks has passed. And now I'm in Denver with a brand new van. And he's like, yo. He's like, yo, what are you doing? You got the van? I was like, yeah, I told you. I ah, said, and I told tough. him, I said, you gave the lesson on the armor all. It worked. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I knew it. He's like, I, people don't believe me, Zin. And I was like, I know. Oh, I wasn't even Zin at the time. Okay. I wasn't okay. even called Zin or Rue at the time. I was telling people to call me Yuri, U-R-I-1. Okay. You know, I wasn't using right, my first right. name's John, but I wasn't okay. using that. And uh, so we ended up doing these uh, tour dates out in uh Denver, and I've always kind of been the responsible guy in my group of friends and stuff. I'm always the guy, like, I'll take the drunk guys home, I'll sure, drink, sure. Right. Uh, you need a ride somewhere, I'll go above and beyond for the friends. Right. Um, and so um, he, he, uh, he I, as soon as I got on tour, I just started inserting myself into wherever I said needed help, and he started noticing that. Okay. Because the rest of the crew wasn't really picking up the slack. There was, slack there was a right. lot of slack. Wow. wow. And I heard Simone say that the, the vans needed the oil change. So okay. I woke up at like 7 a.m., found the spot, the and me and one other guy got up early, took the vans without being asked, got the oil change, got everything checked out, brought them back. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, he just noticed that. And so he's like, I want you to come with, after the tour, that little mini tour was always like, you need to come with me. I want you to stay at my house. Because we need to build. That's ew. it. Was it was it That's was tight. Crazy. Okay. And he had his whole garage set up with like a big screen TV and carpet. And, right. And mm. like and, and me and this DJ, young shout out to DJ Cochise, nineteen okay. year old DJ we picked up who was who was nasty with it, like on the ones and twos, like mm, cutting right. scratching behind his back, his foot, everything. Yeah. Young kid. Okay. And uh, from Steamboat Springs, Colorado, this little tiny small town, we found this like super hip hop in there. That's little what's 19 up. year old. Yo, hip hop is hit that. Listen, that's why everywhere. I love hip hop. Yeah. If you're a hip hopper, you know that feeling. You just find people out of anywhere and they're the nicest. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Continue, man. It's the place. So, okay, so we, we went back and we're staying in this garage. Okay. And now I had, like, I got dressed again now, but at the time I had really long, fat, fat, like, nappy dreads. Like, okay. You know, and I had a big old long beard, and I was just. I was roots like that. Right. And um, we were we were driving to a radio interview he was doing. And uh, this was the part that where my name came in. He uh, That night I was reading a book called The Emerald Tablets of Thoth. And okay. um, there was a word that said Zen Uru in there. And I wrote it out in graffiti all nice and big. I just was... Who's the author of the book? Um, Thoth. It's That's apparently it. from Thoth. The, the, wow. the, 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 the Egyptian uh, deity Thoth. Okay. Um, and the book's called The Emerald Tablets of Thoth. And, you know, I'm reading this book, and, and I see this word, and so I wrote it out in graffiti, then we went and did the thing that night. Okay. And um, he, he turned to another guy who had dreads, and he's like, hey, you got that Moses look going. And I, hmm. and, and the, this is the part that was supernatural to me was I heard a voice in my head say, Moses never made it to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And it hit me. Like, I was like, i got to cut my dreads. And I was like, when, and when I when I started growing my locks, it was 
I had read some Rastafarian books. I was like, I wasn't really Rasta because I just, you know, Zen Buddhism and Christianity and Islam and like everything was appealing to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, None of them really spoke to me, but that's why I was at the Temple of Hip Hop because that was speaking to me. Okay. That of all these other spiritual paths and beliefs, this was the one was speaking directly to me. Right. Um, And not that the other ones didn't speak to me, but this one was like overwhelmed. Like I couldn't. Like I thought about it. I was. I was in it. Correct. Um, and so I wrote out that word, and I, I heard. I wrote out the word, then I heard that voice say, "Moses never made it to the promised land." So wow. I woke up, then I went to bed that night, knowing I'm going to cut my dreads off. Well, how did you know? How did you interpret that that meant I got to cut them off? I don't. That's just, just what came to it me. Just, that's what you felt. Oh, yeah, that's what I felt, and I was okay. like, "Yo, I got it." And and, and there's something about the uh, the Rasas is the Nazarene. Vow of consecration is why they grow their dreads, and it's a way to, um, it's a, it's, it's your giving your life over to God, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was giving my life over to God until, until I realized I had found God um, at that moment. Okay. And and I, and I thought, okay, it's okay for me to cut my lo- my locks off now. Now, how okay. long how long had you been growing them? Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Wow. Yeah, they were Seven long. Years. Yeah, they were long. They were like down to my lower back. Okay. You know, and and. Uh, they were, and, and, and I, I went to bed that night knowing I'm going to do that, and I picked up the, the book, and I was looking at the words in the room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be a dope crew name. That would be a dope MC name. I was like, okay. yo, that's my name. Oh. I was like, yo, that is my right name. Yeah. It hit me right there, just like the other voice. And I was like, so I got up the next morning early, I, I, and, uh, you know, I was on still my landscape schedule, so I was like waking up way earlier than everybody else. Right, and, right. And uh, I went out 7 a.m. like this, found this military dude, like buzz cut, okay. and, and he was laughing. And he goes, he goes, it's about damn time you're cutting these dreads off. And he's like, he's like, what race are you? I mean, he was back on some race and shit, right? But he's joking, busting my balls too, no, no, you know. Course, but course. he was, he couldn't wait, and he pulled the buzzers out, he cut them all off and zipped them out, and these ropes are just sitting there on the ground. And I'm like, yo, and I've got a new name, and. Um, I went around L.A. for a few hours just kind of getting used to not having my hair, right. get some food. And I, I went back to the teacher's house, and um, he's at the kitchen table with some other people. Right. And, and I walk into the house, and it was so funny. I remember this moment. I, I peek around the corner. I was like, yo, teacher. And he's like, yo. And I go, I go, you ready for this? He's like, what? I, I jumped down around the corner. I pulled off my hat, and my hair was just buzz. He's like, yo, shit. He was doing it. He's like, oh. He's like, Whoa. And then I pulled out the graffiti piece, Zinuru. I was like, this is my name. And he's wow. like, yo. And he's like, Zinuru, Uru. And yo, he's like really big. <laughs> <into them. laughs> Absolutely. He was just like, yo. And he, and he said to uh, he said one of the other guys, he's like, I was just talking about this. This is how you come with the new spirit. And I was like, that's yo. That's hard body, man. Yeah. Yo, we gotta, you gotta, the minister, that's an ill story, man. Damn, <laughs> yeah. that's hard. It reminds me of my story, though. Absolutely. It, it reminds some, me. Oh. Some There's so many similarities oh. with both of your stories. We got right. DJ Thrift right here. I can't wait till he speaks. DJ mm-hmm. Thrift, one oh, time. Yeah. What's up, brother? What's going <laughs> yeah, on? What's up? We are not ignoring you. <laughs> no, you are no, up, totally... up the bat, man. No, you what's crazy is he was told me some of the pieces, and then there's more to it, and I'm mm. just enthralled. It's uh, really like, divine guidance. It was wild. And I, at the time, like, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I mean, really, it was the spirit was hitting me, but I was a landscaper in a whole new environment. I needed to do something to stay afloat because yeah. the environment, 
it didn't scare me, but it was intimidating. I'm saying at Karis One's house, I've right. I've got all these dudes from the hood, right. like the grimiest motherfuckers, the grimiest people you can know, <laughs> like everywhere. And I'm like, yo, so I know the grimy dudes, but they was like the homies I grew up with right, and stuff, right, right, you right. know. And, and and I was like, yo, this is wild. And and then they thought I was, they're like, who is this white boy coming here, changing his name, cutting right. his hair off? And, and and it was interesting because the way the way that uh, I don't know how you put people of color or whatever would treat me when I had my dress was like oh yo he, you're one of us the one right. who had the short hair you went you back you went back to being a white person yeah like that's and they wasn't trusting me like that yeah and yeah. I was like yo I'm smoking weed with you guys just two days ago right, and I was right. cool now and my name's in a room now what's the difference right, and they're right. like it's a huge difference homie yeah. you know? and they were blown away and they thought I was crazy oh, and I didn't yeah. know that until a couple people who I remained friends with was like yo I thought you lost your mind they thought, they thought I was like I kind of did I kind of was and my mom thought I was crazy okay. she's like he joined the cult you know <laughs> my dad's like I'm praying for you son I was like you help me get the van you hooked me up but you know they, they, they just they, and, I, and, and I say this to people that I learned that I could trust the people who told me that I was bugging them out right away. Okay. Those were the people who were like, I don't like what you're doing. I don't agree with any of this. Right. But they stuck with me later. They were the ones who were like, you need to keep doing Now they're my biggest supporters. My sure. mom, dad, brother, whoever. Right. Like, you, this is what you need to keep doing. Which, but the people who was with me to be around to teach at the time, they went in there and say something like that. They just, well, they'll agree with anything you say mm. to be around next to Karis One. Of course. And, and so I learned a valuable lesson that, that sometimes when you make a life change, people might not agree with it, but the ones who really care about you, if you're really committed to that and they see the value in that or what it's doing for you, they will stick with you. Yeah. The right. ones who matter will stick sure, with you. Sure, and the ones who don't matter, let them fall off. Absolutely. Let them fall off. And so um, really that night, too, after I changed my hair and stuff, uh, I, my, and my name, teacher sat me down. We had a show like the night or the next night. I don't remember the exact details, but it was just really shortly afterwards, right. we sat down at his kitchen table. He pulled his pockets. I goes, I'm glad you met me like this. Uh, the whole crew, we had to fire the crew. Um, at the time, the, the manager was uh, uh, ciphering money into his account, his own wow. personal account, stealing, basically stealing money. Right, of course. Um, and, and they caught him. And uh, a bunch of other people had to go home from, from weren't allowed to be in the crew anymore. Okay. And so we had built this whole tour up. All the pioneers had gone home mm. uh, because the money wasn't there. Sure. Um, and, and so the whole premise of getting the van and the tour had switched. Right. And, and he told me that night, it was like 3 a.m., and he's, he's eating like, uh, <laughs> he got a sandwich with no meat on it, you know, because you know, he's a vegetarian. Right, but right. It's like a sandwich, like lettuce and tomatoes and some onions and whatever on it. And he's like, I'm glad to met you met me like this right now. He goes, see this sandwich? I go, yeah, you got to spend my last seven bucks on this sandwich. Wow. And he pulled out his pockets and showed me they're empty. And he told me, he said, he said I'm going to make you my right-hand man. He goes, Just, you need to do everything I ask of you. He okay. goes, but be my right-hand man. And he goes, I guarantee in a month your pockets will be overflowing with money. No like, way. That's ill. It was ill, and he and he laid it down. He told me he's like he's like you got to be an angel around demons, he right. got, and he's like you got to be a god, be god around the devil. Mm. I was like, what is this man talking about? Like, I, 
I'm still new. I just was landscaping a month ago. Right, right. Even that, you know. Dang. Yeah, I'm bugged out. I told you. Wow. He told me the scientist. He's like, when you're on the phone, you've known me for 15 years. Remember that. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I started getting on the phone. Yeah, the teacher. I called him the teacher, and people weren't used to that. And I and I made it a point to call him the teacher to everybody, and everybody had to start calling him the teacher around. Right. If you was around me, you had to call him the teacher, or you can call him Chris. People call him Chris. It's not like, yo, know, don't call him that anymore. But I started noticing who was down with the movement mm-hmm. and who was down with the money. Right. 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 And and it was within a month of that time, I became his right hand man. My phone started blowing up. Right. Like nonstop, like like I never even had. A, I had a cell phone for like, you know, to call my wife. Sure. That was it. Sure. Uh, the, my phone's blowing up nonstop, like all hours of the night, all the day, all okay. of that. And um, within a month, that prediction. I remember coming back to the hotel after selling merchandise, right. and I had so many bills in my pockets that I couldn't fit anymore in, wow. and I had like a mound, like a mound of money on my bed. Okay. I started laughing. I was just like, are you serious? Karis is a mind reader. He's he's speaking the truth prophecy. He was prophesying. He was. That's So you had this... Go ahead. You were going to say No, I'm just going to say that that's what he teaches. You know what I mean? When you get deep into his lectures, he teaches the spoken word. Okay. The power of saying something. And knowing that that's the way things show up, mm-hmm. they don't show okay. up first, and you're believing them. You believe in them first, and they show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. That's yeah. so. Yeah. So that's basically your. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, if you believe in something, it's gonna happen. There's a gap of 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 time right. because we live in this in this world. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in it. There's only a matter of time before it shows up. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think that's how we work as human beings. We, mm-hmm. we have ideas. Okay. And that's what we do. We always have ideas. Sure. But the minute you focus on one idea and you act on that idea, it happens. But here, you got to, but in order to act, you got to believe in the idea. Right. Because I don't think people act on things they don't believe in. No, it's that's more right. of a want. It's yeah. more of a want. They want to be able to do it. So, right. like, they kind of fake. They kind of fake it, right? Mm-hmm. But until you strip away all of the the wants and you say, like like he told he told the, the minister, right. you're going to have pockets of money, right? And it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to say it's not that he's he's a superhuman. No, no, of course not. I think we all have that ability. We do. Mm-hmm. You we know, do. the same he just thing. That ability, exactly. And that's what it is. He, he um and. It had to do with me having to believe it, too, because sure. other people were touching merchandise and the money and weren't making that much on the merchandise money. Mm. But I visualized, I would, I would go to sleep and visualize my pockets full of money, because yeah. I had no idea how this was going to happen. I've never seen nothing like this. I've never known anybody with a pocket full of money. I've never had a, my pocket full of money may have been $80. Right. And right. I would have thought, oh, yo, I got $80 in my pocket. I have, man, the father with three kids, $80 would be like, What? So to come back and pull that money out and count it and, and inventory it away and then seeing him the next morning, I was like, yo, you remember when you said it? He's like, I know. I told you, you was pockets full of money. And I was like, yo. And, 
You know, and then I learned on tour too that pockets full of money don't mean like if you're at home with a pocket full of nah, money. Of course. Because all of a sudden you're on tour, you got to eat out three times a day, two times a day, every meal. Well, there's expenses. Hotel, stuff. gas, all of that. Right. But I had a pocket full of money that I and to watch that happen, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, something we teach is that faith and confidence is the same thing. Mm, it's the same thing. That's heavy. Repeat that again, man. Faith and confidence is the same thing. Wow. It's the same concept. You you you. Your faith in things build up as your confidence in yourself builds up. Sure. But, and, and you have to have confidence in yourself to try something new. Right. And right. You, so that's your faith. It's confidence. And, and that was what it was. And as it went on, I mean, you, he took, we, we toured the United States for three months. We circled. We went from Los Angeles up to San Francisco, up to Seattle, stopped at Oregon, then looped over through like a... Uh, I know, <laughs> real bad. Idaho and and right. down into like, um, uh, let's say like Minnesota and Chicago, and then over to like Boston, and then down to New York, Florida, over to Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, back into L.A. Wow. So we literally circled the entire United States. But when we left, we had five dates. People had canceled tour dates because. The pioneers weren't going to be there anymore. The money had run out. This, the, the manager, uh, had, he had done some things where some shows got canceled. He was stealing money, like right. I said. So we left on tour. We, the idea of the tour was huge. When we left, we had five dates, mm-hmm. and we went and we did like I don't know. I want to say at least fifty dates, forty between forty and fifty dates, forty-five and fifty dates okay. Okay. in that three months' time. And so that was the same thing as the money in the pockets. We're going to build this tour as we go along, gentlemen. That's what we'd say to us. Right, right. And, and, and shout out to, to Minister Simone, uh, G. Simone, his wife. Absolutely. She's, she is, she's the real G behind, you know, behind it all. She, she sat with each of us, but especially myself, and a, a shout out to Nonstop. He was the uh, tour manager okay. at the time. I was Karis's right hand man. I was teacher's right hand man, but nonstop was the tour manager. Right. Well, Minister, let me ask you something mm-hmm. real quick, real mm-hmm. quick. Around what time was this? What album was out when you guys were touring? Oh, okay. Um, this was between the albums Keep Right, okay. because when I was going to the shows, when I got the the flyer for the money, Keep Right had just dropped. Okay. And then um, I want to say the next album that came out was Life. Uh, I got. Yeah, it went from Keep Right, and then Life came out somewhere in between then. Okay. And okay. he had already recorded Life, but it was just getting finished up. Got it, got it. Yeah, so that was That's around still. the Keep Right time. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So the movement was strong, though. BD, I mean, Boogie Down Productions has always had that following. Yeah. They've always had that. Yeah. So that that's... that's and we had it was strong. Wow, we were, we, were, we had people. We we were going around, and and you know this was we were we had Temple of Hip Hop jackets. Okay. And uh, the the book hadn't been the book was in its early form. Wow. And he would teach us lessons that he had written in person. Okay. But we called it the Gospel of Hip Hop tour. Right. Um, and because he says I'm teaching the techniques that I'm gonna put in the Gospel of Hip Hop to you guys. And he had a little thin copy of the gospel of hip-hop he would read from. Mm-hmm. And so um, we called that the gospel of hip-hop tour. And, uh, you know, we it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, I remember uh, we had people who would come up to us, and they'd be crying, like, after the shows and, like, talking to us. And we'd go back to the hotel, and people was, like, people was crying. I was like, why are they crying? But their lives are getting changed. And, yeah. Like, something about... Something about the Temple of Hip Hop, and it's given this kind of hope and this whole thing that was happening. Um, I didn't really realize going on the magnitude of what was going to happen. And Mm -hmm. I've got a family at home who think I've lost my mind. I have no, I I really, 
I had no business being on that tour as right. a father of three young kids and a husband right. who had just right. bought a house. But I will say this on my own defense for that because I was 32 years old, but I had been working for you know, 12, 13 years as a landscaper. My body was tired. I was wore out. I didn't yeah. sleep right. I had a major back injury. I mean, right. I, I, it was something had to give. Something had to give, and it was. I would have, I could have, you know, I don't know what it was. I could have turned into an alcoholic at the time. I could have gone to pills, whatever it was. You know, I did Tai Chi, so that helped my body at least deal with the pain management. Right. But when you're constantly working your body like that, it's there's no management. No, you just it's wear and tear. Wear and tear to the point where you're just you're, you're cartilage. Yeah, you're, you're broken exactly. down completely. So yeah. wow, man, that's. That's that's heavy. It was heavy. heavy. So I had no business really as a father and a man being there. Um, but also I did because God was like, yo. And my family did their best, and I gave them a lot of credit. Like okay. my, my, my wife, we're not married anymore. Right. The pressures of the tour life and changing over ended up, you know, just spilling over into the marriage. But uh, once again, God told me that, that the marriage was going to, was bound. I, I had one night where I was just like, in meditation about it in prayer I was like feeling really guilty I was like yo man my marriage fell apart this is you know and God told me uh, and just in my heart I knew this guy said yo that was going to fall apart if you didn't go on this tour this oh, was your destiny for that already. you had to learn this lesson in this life okay. no matter what this was the lesson you were going to learn Wow. And so I was like wow that's deep it was deep that's, that's deep that's a hard body right? yeah. yeah yeah it was deep and it, it, it helped it didn't even make me feel better. I just knew the truth. Now I was like, okay, right. That's what was going to happen. So, you know, it's been a, it's been an up and down journey. I had to go through a divorce. I mean, I, kids, yeah, yeah. listen, life, cha- life changing situations yeah, have happened to you. But I mean, you've gotten to the point where you are at now. Yeah. So, I'm gonna ask you a question that mm-hmm. everybody gets asked at this mm-hmm. at this stage. Mm-hmm. If you had to do it all over again, would you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I would. Absolutely. The professor Hindsight, now if I could give myself, I, I would have done everything different if I knew that this was where I was going to end up. But right. when, you, when you don't, when it's new, you don't know. No, you just go with it. You it's just, it's yeah. instinctive. Yeah. And some things like, I, it was is my ancestors, whoever, whatever, I want to say God, but like, what is God? You know, at that point, like, it is who's... Like, I would feel, like, people pushing me okay. towards that. You know, right. I would feel that. Like, I'm like, who's... I didn't really understand ancestors at the time. But now mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, wait, our ancestors are with us. That's who the angels were to the ancients is the ancestors. Wow, my ancestors wanted me to do this for some reason. Right. You know, this is this was in my destiny. This was pre-written or whatever. I don't even know what to call it. But I knew... I know that it was meant to be. Right. And that even when I resisted... Because the divorce, all of that happened. I teach us like, yo, are you the guy who's going to get a divorce and lose your family over this bullshit, you know? Running wow. around with KRS? Wow. I was like, no, that ain't me. That ain't even what we teach. Right. I went home. I was home for, for almost a full year. Like, you know, I did a few little spot dates here and there. Okay. But I was family man. I was working. I was like mm. with, with the kids. But that's how I, that's how I knew it was going to happen either way. She ended up leaving because it wasn't her lifestyle. She wasn't hip hop. Right. She tried. Okay. She tried. Right. You had mentioned that earlier. Yeah. She season. tried. You did. She you tried to her credit. She tried. I gave her all the respect in the world. She tried, and I got nothing bad to say about her. But it right. wasn't. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't for her. And she knew that too. And she told me that. You know, after all the hard feelings and stuff were, you know, kind of died down from the the pain of the divorce. Right. She's like, yo, this ain't me. 
And mm. I was like, word. That's actually, that's, that gives me a lot of peace because this is me. Yeah. Right. You got to call it how you see it. You got to, yeah. I mean, essentially, she, she, she might have felt like it was his fault, mm-hmm. right, at the beginning. Mm. But like he said, once the dust settled, it made sense. Yeah. Right? We really don't need to be together. We can co-parent like a motherfucker and be great at it. Yeah. But this ain't going to work. Yeah. Right. This ain't me. And it was amicable. Yeah. Right. I mean, after a while, I guess. Well, I think all divorces, even if people say they're amicable, they're not. I've been there and I've seen so many families at, at this dojo. Okay. You know, we're at the dojo, everybody. Shout out you know, to Master Bias. Grandmaster. Grandmaster Bias. Yeah, he'll correct you. He'll correct you. But I've seen so many people go through divorces and, and here their stories and they start out saying they're amicable right and one day one of them will walk in through the door and say uh-uh, I don't want this oh, I don't want that yeah mm-hmm. and you're paying for mass stuff for grandma yeah, exactly. to buy it that's how the goes I don't want to hear about it but let me ask you something there, no but but I'm sure there's an exception out there mm-hmm. I'm sure there is but it's not common Okay, so let me ask you this then. Was there any resentment? Do you feel like there was any resentment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was. We had to work through that. There may still be, you know. Yeah, I I don't know. She don't contact me. Right, you you had had said that. Yeah, yeah. That's been been kind of the side of it that's just, like, unbelievable to to me because you lose not just the wife but the kids and the the whole. And would I do it again? I mean, yeah, I would, but I... It's so crazy to think of because I would trade anything for the time back with my kids. Right. You right, know, absolutely. I, I would trade the tour life and, and the, I would have to because mm-hmm. it's my kids. Right. Like what's more right. important than that? But once again, though, my kids wouldn't respect me the same way that they do now, even though I don't get to see them like I need to as much as I need to. Now that they're getting older, when they, if they, if, when or if they choose to step into this lifestyle, mm-hmm. if this is for them, right. then, then, they have that opportunity now, you know. Here's another thing. I believe that you were being true to yourself. Yeah. And I think mm. out of the biggest thing you could teach a child mm. is to be true to yourself. Yeah, you know, because they will grow eventually. Yeah. Mm. And they, they're going to analyze what you did. Yeah. And they're going to have to come face to face why you did it. Yeah. And you're going to have, you know, they're going to see. And I would encourage them to do the same thing. Exactly. And I, but I would be the parent who's like, yo, you want to go to Africa? Mm-hmm. You're going to Africa. Right. You want to, you, this is what you want to do? Follow your bliss. Yeah. This is, let me, let me help let me you with that. It. Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me give you the techniques to survive through Absolutely. that. And that's what commitment is. Mm-hmm. I think commitment first starts with yourself. Mm-hmm. How can you be committed to your kids mm-hmm. when you, if you put them first, right? But mm-hmm. you don't put yourself first. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could care for them. No. So now that you you actually went on this path where you were following your intuition, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people w- may not agree mm-hmm. because they may say, no, family first, kids first, mm-hmm. you know, children first. Mm-hmm. I understand. I have a, I have a daughter. Yeah. And I have yeah. three stepchildren. Oh. And I have a wife. Oh. You know, this is my second marriage. Mm-hmm. But before all of them, I got to care for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to show up in their world, yeah. Sane and, and whole. I think I gotta I gotta yeah. be true to me yeah. so that I can give something of value to them mm-hmm. that will be mm-hmm. you know, that that's not me 
worshiping them in a sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the word, the proper word is worship, but yeah. but what I'm saying is, if you live for them, but you don't care for yourself, mm-hmm. and you don't care for your mission and your values, mm-hmm. and and I think everybody's born in this world with a mission and a purpose. Mm-hmm. I believe that you were following your mission and a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't explain it at the time. Mm-mm. And yeah, there might be guilt because you're thinking, man, I should have been there for my kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not perfect. No. I'm sure that you probably could have called more or probably could have mm. made, you know, mm-hmm. time. But it didn't happen, and it is what it is. And this is what I think kids need to understand, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a parent that wasn't there, you know, for whatever reason, mm. there's the parent that's just a fucking scumbag. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, they just yeah, don't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. You know, but even to their defense, mm. there was something that, that caused that. Too. Right, right. You know? I'm not justifying the, the absent parent or the yeah. parent that doesn't send child support money and all of that. But I strongly believe that us as human beings, in order to grow, we need to spend more time understanding our mission and our purpose mm-hmm. so that when we associate with our children we can give them something of value of course i i always say i say if i'm not if i'm not good for myself how am i going to be good for you yeah exactly you see what i'm saying and that that's a real basic formula but that's factual yeah if you if you have some type of um let's say shortcomings maybe mm-hmm. the alcohol maybe maybe some type of hard drug if you don't clean yourself up and you don't get your shit together your kids are going to see that and more than likely they're going to follow in the footsteps because that's what they saw dad do mm-hmm. what'd you just do there you just fucked their life up because mm-hmm. you couldn't get it together right you know and that's 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 important right. you have to you have to be able to accept that yeah right and a lot of people can't because i think the ego gets in the way Right, the ego. People don't understand. Just like you were saying. And to and to a minister's Heavy. defense, to mm-hmm. minister's defense, there's no school that teaches follow your intuition or no, follow your follow your right? spirit. This is something that's not taught. No, and there, how could you teach it? Because it's right. gonna be different for everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 it was you you you're you're on this trajectory. And there's no stopping it. Like there was no stopping that train. It was just like I got in the wreck. That didn't stop it. Like it was. He said he got it. I'm getting the van, teacher. Don't worry about it. It's gonna happen. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do to get this money. I still believe that. I was. I was like, what the heck? I did, did I just say that? Like I was like, what? I was. I, I didn't even believe. I believed I was gonna get the van. I knew it. Part of me knew it, but nothing, none of it made sense. Right. I literally got laughed out of the dealership. I believe The dude laughed at me. It was funny. I picked up a People magazine okay. at that dealership, opened it up, and there was a picture of Boogie Down Productions in the magazine. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, there's a sign right there. Right. There's a sign. Crazy. It was, it, yeah, how often do you see Boogie Down? For, it, it was like some anniversary or something. Right. Okay. I was like, well, how is BDP in a People magazine at this time? At this, okay. Right place, yeah, right, right time. time. You the see stars those, pay up. attention to those little coincidences or those sure. little alignments because those are like the little pointers that you're on the right direction. Right. And, right. and um, Yeah, so it's been, and now it's, here it is, you know, 2018. It's been, I don't know, 15 years now, or, or no, it was 2005, so 13 years now. Okay. And, um, you know, I've been on countless tours. The gospel of hip-hop's out now. I've recorded albums. i got to perform. Um, 
Temple of Hip Hop is really thriving right now. We're growing. Right. We, we've, we've, you know, I've done lectures and talks and all kinds of things. So and you guys actually have, you have the teacher has a lecture. You, you lecture with him? Because you guys got something coming up this week, right? Yeah, at times so I've gotten to. Yeah. Okay, I've, absolutely. I've, yeah, you know, I, one, one time, I, the, I got a lecture one time at a thing, and he did my intro for me. Yeah, I've had him introduce me twice now. That's I've never even seen him introduce nobody else. That's so that's some supernatural other stuff. That I don't even, I don't even know what that's about. Right. He's introduced me twice now. How mind blowing is that? Like, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you have to internet. You got to understand. We're talking about the legend, the blastmaster, the teacher, KRS One, the goat, <laughs> uh-huh. giving the minister an intro. <laughs> wow. You can't even. I couldn't even make this up. I give my wildest like things in. But it happens like that. That's like Michael Jordan saying, Minister, come on down and take this dunk, brother. Yeah. And you're like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go, Mike. Let's do let's it. Do it. Yeah. And, and it's KRS, man. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That, that's, that's, it's been... It's that's truly inspiring. Uh, you know, I mean, right. essentially, this is a follow your dream type of moment. Yeah. 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 But, but, but he's earned it. I'll of be course. ready you know, for it. Yes, that's like a lot of times they say follow your bliss or follow your dream, but they don't yeah. tell you. Be ready for it right. because, like, you might have to die to your old self to right. have your new self. Sure. Or you, there, or, I mean, I don't even. There's so many metaphors out there, right. and uh, I, I, and this is something that if I could just leave the listeners with, and this is something for me as somebody who studies spirit. I take spirituality really seriously, yeah. um, and that a lot of the new, I don't call them new agey, but the, a lot of the new philosophy and the mm-hmm. new agey type stuff. Okay. They're they're given all of this advice, but they don't tell you like what it actually takes to get to that space of peace. Mm. Everybody wants to meditate like the Buddha, right? But who really wants to go through what Siddhartha Buddha had to go through in his life to become the Buddha? Mm. Everybody wants okay. to talk Christ consciousness. Who wants to get hung on a cross? Right. Like right. for real, he got the Christ consciousness because it was his destiny to hang on that cross. Yeah. Like that's heavy. People don't tell you that. They, do all this thing. There's some pain involved. But like, yeah, you, for <laughs> you to really you. know yourself, right? for you really to understand the power of now, like you mm. might lose everything sure. that's not in the now, or you might lose your future and your past. Like, you don't know what you could lose right. on that path. And are you willing, would you still do it? Or what is required yeah. right? in order to reach that level. Would you still do yeah. it? And, and it... We used to say on that first word, do you have the courage to be the real you? Yeah, of course. I remember, yeah, I have the courage to be the real me. Of course yeah. I do. <laughs> Look at this wonderful, I got these beautiful kids. And why, what? I'm rocking right Good. now. But I'll tell you, too, I had been living, I'm not a charmed life, but I, I, had, the, I just had a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, home. I worked hard for all of those things. Sure. I was a good father, husband. I did everything that you're supposed to be doing. Right. But people would be jealous of that just in my daily life, like, you know, just before I even met the teacher. Mm-hmm. If, if you've got those blessings in your life, hold on to them and keep them. They're not yours, though. That, right. They're not even my kids. They're God's kids. Right. 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 They're my responsibility, but they, they, their mom took that responsibility away. You have to be willing. I'm not saying you've got to lose everything, but you've got to really be willing to lose the things that you might be holding on to right. or not. Your life might not need that change. Mine did. Right. Mine did. Right. But they, they're not talking that in modern spirituality. They they want money, but that's a, to me that's like almost like a, a crime. Right. It's a crime right. to give people these these secrets and these lessons without telling them like, yo, 
These have consequences in your life. And I've seen people with that. They're selling you false hope. Yeah. False hope. I remember false when hope. the secret came out. Remember yeah. when the secret yeah. came out, the the, uh, the law of attraction. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was some missing stuff in there. Yeah. And people were like, oh, all I got to do is make this vision board and just visualize. Yeah. Uh, and, and But they weren't putting in the action part of it. Yeah. They just thought they just have to visualize everything yeah. and eventually it would just happen. Right. Some things do happen like that. <laughs> but, but a lot of things take or you gotta make, I, I got a car payment with it. Like, I, <laughs> right. I, I visualized, I saw a Ford excursion, one of those gold Ford excursions after I heard, saw the secret. And I'd already been doing the metaphysics with the temple. <laughs> I really, I was like, I'm going to get that Ford excursion. Uh-huh. I wouldn't said anything I needed to say. I charmed him at the dealership. I'm driving off with this Ford excursion. Also, I'm like, I got a seven hundred dollar month of payment. Exactly. I was like, "Are you serious? Like, now I've got to do the secret every month to get the <laughs> <laughs> I got the car, but now I got to make the yeah, payment. That sounds you know? more like right. a pain in the ass. Than it a was. Secret. I wanted to get rid of that car. And like two months yeah. into that car, I was like, "I need to get rid of the car." <laughs> wow. And I was like, "I used the secret to get the car," but they didn't tell you that in the secret. They're like, "Yeah, you can visualize the new car, or the new house, but right. you still got to make the payment." You know, <laughs> real secret. That's where the saying goes: "Be careful what you ask." Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you just might get it. Yes. Secret ain't really a yeah. secret. <laughs> wow, that, that's yeah. that's listen, that's fucked out, man. Yeah. So would would you say that would you say that you gotta have talent? Mm-hmm. It has you have to have you're chosen, right? Mm-hmm. The, the stars align, mm-hmm. the Lord, whatever whatever you believe in mm-hmm. has to line up. Mm-hmm. But you gotta pull you have you gotta be talented. You gotta prep. You gotta prep for your I guess what, your shot. Yeah, right. I agree. It, it, it I agree just... on that. Like because the reason I kept the shot going was because I used the the work skills, of jobs and the management and like I use my retail experience. I even use my landscaping experience of just from waking up every day, knowing I got work to do and going and doing it right. on the tour. Because you got a lot of artists who are really talented artists on the tour at the time, but they don't have any work ethic. Mm. They don't have any work ethic, and I'm not dissing anybody no, who, who may hear the podcast who's on the tour, but they would know they didn't have any work ethic. Okay, and that's so, keeping it real. It's keeping it real. They was and, so- and let me keep it real for a minute. You know, picking up a broom. Mm-hmm. You know, something as simple as that, or doing yeah. a dish, washing the dishes, right? You mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. you know, something ridiculous. Being enthusiastic, you still after the one hour show, you still gotta do. Practical things yeah, in life, you know. You gotta yeah. know how to, and how that to live. Would be the thing, like, if I had to, when I was doing my job, I had to. I couldn't Tuesday night. I couldn't go drink at 3 a.m. and then be at at work by seven the next day. Right. No, everybody knows you can't do that. But on tour, that somehow people don't know that. Right. So you know, you go back to the hotel. Yeah. You're with KRS One. You're a celebrity in your own right. Yeah. Dudes is handing you anything you want. Girls is want he, girls you would never have a chance with is like ready to come you. back with you to the hotel room. Right? They they are ready. They and all the alcohol, all the weed you can smoke, all whatever else you want. Okay. Acid, mushrooms, the coke, and it's the works is out there the on the drug tour. Buffet. The drug and, buffet. And this is a, this is the teachers tour. Everybody knows this is a conscious tour. That we ain't even right. got that. Right. No, it doesn't. We go back to the hotel room and like. 
dudes is like drinking at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., drunk. I mean, not just having a beer, like, oh, let's calm down from the show. Like, like, like. Plastic. Just plastered, passing out oh, at like 6 a.m. And we got to leave by 10 the next day or be out of the hotel by 11 to get on the road for a nine-hour drive. Right. Dudes is plastered. Dudes is just way over blunted. Dudes is, I mean, and they're, they're groupies in the room and like just losing their energy, not sleeping, not resting, not. Mm-hmm. But I had that discipline when I came in. I may not have had any skill or talent as far as an MC goes or any element, right? but I knew how to go to sleep. I knew how to stretch out. I knew how to drink water, when not to drink beer at 3 a.m. You know, sure. you those, those simple things, practical simple, things. Those practical things. Yeah, things that I still haven't learned, by the way. FYI, <laughs> I've made mistakes with that, so I know. <laughs> Baby, I'm sorry about Saturday. I had to throw that in and the wife a little yeah. upset at the guard right now. So continue, please, man. He's a good man. Yeah. Yeah, not, don't ask her that, though. No, but uh, but definitely, that's that, that's, it's that quite was, That's what kept man. the tour going, and that, so... You, that was the skill. The discipline was the skill. I developed a certain set of work skills and habits that just carried over. That got me noticed, and that I could be relied upon. I could, if, you, if he gave me a task to do, I was going to do it. Right. And, right. and like you said, I was willing to pick up the broom. You know. Right. Something as simple as that. Yeah. That right there shows a lot. And to me, I mean, here in the dojo, yeah, the one student that will pick up the broom. It's like you know you got a good you yes, you know right. that's the one yeah. you want to teach him everything you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? When we say that at the temple, like oh you, really? Oh, you want to be a member? You want to be part of the temple of hip hop? Word, you got to clean the toilets. Right. And dudes, people are like, wait, can we hire somebody for that? No, we, we this is our temple. Like we got to right. we got to clean the, floor. the temple. <laughs> and, and, and with the last time we had a building in L.A. It was funny. I was the one sweeping it after everything. Mm-hmm. I lived in the temple. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like living upstairs in the room, sweeping it, cleaning it. And I was like, yo, where's everybody else supposed to be helping me clean this afterwards? Everybody come and enjoy it. Temple right. Members, I'm calling out the temple members, too, who's out there. <laughs> Who would leave? They know me. Yo, we started You started it. Started. They know me. I'd be looking at the homies like, all right, good night. They'd be leaving. I got to get back. I got to do this. I got to mm-hmm. do that. like... Yeah, but I still got another hour of work cleaning up after y'all. Okay, that's fine. I'm the minister. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. Hmm. And and and, but that's a that's a test for people. Yes. I test people on that now too when they're coming to the temple and stuff now because I put I put the dues I paid my dues in there. Sure. Right. And it's like no, you can't just. And so that's what's kind of helped me though too is is like I get to be kind of a gatekeeper at the temple of hip hop. Right. Because if somebody if somebody somebody's gonna act one way around. Teacher, that usually happens. They're going to act a different way around. They're always going to front. They, for, they're going to front for the celebrity. Front. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Then I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you were going to ask him this. Um, the importance of the name mm. the, that that you received mm-hmm. was um, was a special one. You heard it from from let's say you heard it from God. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Damn, I forgot the question. I, yeah. I, I thought so hard about it that mm. I, I realized. Well, did you want to know what it meant to him? The exactly. meaning of the of the name? Okay. Exactly. How, how do okay. you how do you take that and make it your own? Okay, so wow, that's a good question. Um, and it, it, we call ourselves things like my name. I could really relate to the word hip hop because hip hoppers were calling themselves hip hop before we even did the etymology and what hip it means to be hip right. to your hop, what right. it means to 
Hit means to know. Um, hop means to move. You know, do you know why you move? Do you know how you move? Right. Hip-hop reveals itself that that word is deeper meaning than just these kids who just love the word, you know? It, the word itself, when, when you go through, like, the gospel of hip-hop and see the etymology on the words hip and hop and how intimately they are related to hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that when they were calling themselves hip-hop. Right. It just happened to line up that way. I, I understand that because when I took the name Zinaru, the, the quote in the Emerald Tablet says, uh, Speak ye the word Zinaru, and power ye shall find, but must ye know that man is of light and light is of man. I just thought it was some cool sounding shit. Right. right. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that just sounds dope, man. I was like, yeah, I got all the day. illest name. Yeah. My shit is deep. Yeah, I was just. That's fire. That's, and that's what it was. And Zinaru, I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Okay. And, um, and this is where it gets really deep. Moses never made it to the promised land. Okay? Right. So now, now we're setting the stage here, okay? So I got the name Zinaru, um, keeping in theme with the promised land. Yeah, it meant what the Emerald Tablet said, and I thought that was deep because it says, Speak ye the words in a rue, and power shall find. I read it, Speak ye the words in a rue. Right. Not right. saying say the words in a rue, but speak ye the word. Telling me, Speak ye the words in a rue. Go speak the word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I interpreted it. Right. Mm. But now, with the promised land, this is where it, I don't even know how how it lines up, like how it lined up, but it just did. It, it, we, we were reading Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and realized okay. that. Hip-hop is the promised land he's talking about. He outlined the movement of hip-hop in the I Have a Dream speech. Mm. And and I didn't know this when I took the name. I didn't know this when I heard the voice say, Moses never made it to the promised land. But teachers like, yo, Zen, check this out right here. From the from the mountains of uh, New Hampshire to you know to New York, Mm. and then from New York to 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 whatever in Philadelphia, he says in the I Have a Dream speech, hip-hop moved from, you know, yeah, over, the overlooking mountains, then into New York, nah. then into into Philadelphia. Then he goes all the way over to the West Coast, to California, which is where hip-hop moved after Philly, okay. over to California. Then he goes right to the South, where hip-hop moved after... Like, he's, Martin Luther King is outlining the movement of hip-hop. Hmm. That's the in the book. Uh-huh. That's in the gospel. If you, if you get a copy That's of the gospel, gospel, hip-hop, it'll do that. Well, listen, Master Minister, real quick. I'm going to let you uh, get back to that. Where can they find us? Where can we pick up... Oh, just go on to Amazon. Yeah? Yeah, I okay. tell everybody, go to Amazon because That's people tough. will have bought bulk copies so you can get a little less. Or if you come to the tour and we have them on sale, too. Okay. We sell, please, you hear this? Yeah. When you come to the show, you guys make sure you support the Temple of Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. You get you the Bible, mm-hmm. get your life right, stop fucking around, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Continue. No <laughs> Gospel of Hip Hop, Amazon. Absolutely. I've seen it for 12 bucks, 8 bucks for a used copy that's really almost brand new, you know? And, That's awesome. And, and it, it'll, you know, if it's calling you, it'll, 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 it'll change some things. And the promised land uh, is outlined in there. Okay. The whole I have a dream speech, which is a freestyle. Oh. He had a written speech prepared. You, yeah. you hear her say, "Tell him about the dream, Martin." So the most powerful words he ever spoke was a freestyle. Wow. On some other yeah. hip hop level. That's. It's a, now, to the promised land. This is what really bugged me out, though, mm-hmm. with the names in Uru, is that um. I was looking up the words in and Uru to seeing what they meant. Right. All right. This is what this to me was just like some wild, wild shit. I, I had already recorded a song called The Promised Land with Busy B. I so did you, my first. You heard that yesterday. Yeah. In fact, that yeah. was a song. Listen, that was a dose. I wrote things. I appreciate that. Was I, I wrote that song. He heard, Busy B heard that. And he's asked me, how, how you didn't put me on that song, Zinaru? First song I ever wrote. 
I'm like no MC. There's there's real MCs who would crush me on the tour. Right. I can't freestyle. I just wrote the song out of the love. Busy V didn't want to be on no track with anybody else. Asked me if he could be on my track. I was like, dude, this is no, this is bugging out. The promised land once again. Now when I that's insane. That, listen, it, now what, Mister? Let the people know. Busy B. Busy B is the first solo MC. He's the Bob Diddy Bob, but dang a dang diggy. Yeah, this is this is this we're learning. We're in class right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, this is a, he might have been mentioned, but yeah. give him his he's name a, again. Uh, Busy B, Chief Rocker Busy B is a true pioneer. And he was there from the roots. First solo MC, party rocker, first battle MC who Absolutely. won. Ev- they said he won every battle because it used to be about. Part rock and parties yeah. until Kumo D came along and switched it up to the lyricism, right. battling Busy B. And he didn't really like they battled twice the sneak attack of Mo D won, right. but when they battled regular, it was a tie. Okay, and you know, it's, it's crazy because he would walk in, mm. Busy B would walk into the into the, the club, or uh-huh. and he would be he'd do like the Muhammad Ali, yeah, I'm the champ, yeah. I'm here, I'm the greatest, I'm, and I'm the greatest, <laughs> and and. It was, oh, like, listen, you got to yeah. look this stuff Check up. out Busy B. He, he's at the platform, too, the first with the bubbly. If you watch Wild Style, he's blowing the weed, drinking it with the money. He had the money, yeah. the girls, the bubbly, and the weed before anybody else. <laughs> a pioneer. Pioneer. So, so you young kids that, that are listening to this, that will listen to this, you look that man up. Cause mm-hmm. Everything that you're acting out right now that you don't know where it came from, Started there. Chief Rocker Busy B. Absolutely. Days. Pioneer. But so, Ten your place. To get back, so on Center Road, this is what bugged me out now. This is, this is, you, you, it, I have I, I record the song Prom- The Promised Land with Busy B. Right. Teacher's saying, okay, we're, this is Martin Luther King's The Promised Land. You know, hip-hop's The Promised Land. So I go in, and I'm just doing research, and like I come across the wilderness of Zen is where the Israelites are. I'm like, the wilderness of Zen? I never heard that. Open up the Bible. There it is. They're crossing the wilderness of Zen. Z-I-N. Z-I-N. It's in yeah. the Bible. It's in the Bible. Okay. I'm like, I'm bugging out. There's Zen in the Bible. Yeah. And then I'm looking up Uru. And there's no J in Hebrew. Uru means city. Salem means peace. So Urusalem, Jerusalem is the city, right. of, the city peace. of peace. And it actually said, U-R-U-Salim. S-A-L-I-M. Right. Urusalem, the city of peace. I was like, yo. The wilderness of Zin is where the Israelites are, and then they cross into the promised land and build Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city of peace. I was like, yo, that is wild. I was like, that ain't even really happening. And I was like, I was like, this is nuts, God. Like, I mean, I don't even know. I'm like, what are you... I'm getting vibe right now. Like, like, how do you... There's no... I just thought it sounded cool. You know? And and now I'm doing the song, The Promised Land. Like, this is great. And then I'm like, the wilderness of Zen, Jerusalem. Wow, man, there's something really there's deep something going connected. on here. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you watch all these uh, shows on like TV. I don't know if you ever seen Supernatural or whatever. All these shows mm-hmm. um, where they always put like a prophet in there. Mm-hmm. They take stuff from the Bible and they make up these these. You know, like the Matrix was mm-hmm. supposedly taken from the Bible. There was a lot of Bible associations in mm-hmm. the movie The Matrix, mm-hmm. and in, in this show Supernatural. Uh, you can catch that on Netflix. It's also, you know, okay. angels, demons, sure. you know, all kinds of stuff. But there was always a prophet, and mm-hmm. the prophet was always someone you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and God would use that person mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. Could it be? Mm-hmm. Could it be? Because everybody, you know, they call mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the white guy with the dreads, mm-hmm. you know, that nobody expects. Yeah. Because you've done how many albums have you done already? You got like five eight, albums, eight, 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 eight albums. Eight. And I've recorded all those albums. Is me like I'm so thankful that the beats that, that the beats aren't me. The beats are like some uh, my brothers who gave me beats because <laughs> I couldn't afford them. You know. Yeah, all right. And, but I always uh, if you give me a beat, I'm gonna do my best to do what I can do best on it. You know. Right. And 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 I, I've never you know. But I've recorded all my own. I've worked them all. I've, you know, I set that up. I just, you know. Yeah, but you speak a lot of truth um, in these in mm-hmm. these songs. Listen, mm-hmm. yesterday we went through <laughs> we went through like five or six songs in yeah. a row, yeah. and we played almost we played it almost entirely to the mm-hmm. to the end. Mm-hmm. And like I told you earlier, uh, the style was so unorthodox that I was like, damn, his message is heavy. Mm. When he, when, what did we say at dinner? Um, he taught at, at some, what was it? I don't even remember the rap lyric. But we were like, we don't. Oh, the city, the city of hip hop. The oh, city of hip hop. Yeah, hip hop city. Yeah. Yeah. city. Yeah. Right. We were like, yo, what's that, what's that about? Well, what's you said, you said, I'm preaching hip hop city mm. in one of the, your lyrics, okay. right? Isn't that how you said yeah, it? I yeah, yeah. Uh, I've said it in a few raps now, so I wonder which one it was. Okay. Yeah. Man, it, yeah. it was, that 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 little snippet was mm-hmm. like wow mm-hmm. he's talking something heavy mm-hmm. we don't even know what we getting into. yeah we don't know we have yeah. no at that idea. point at that point we were like wow um, you know trying to prepare mm-hmm. just i wanted to educate myself yeah i didn't want to yeah. come to the table empty-handed yeah and that that was powerful um, man that, I appreciate listen that. where can the people find your music oh you can go to Bandcamp and just type in zinaru at Bandcamp or zinaru and the h-lock crew okay you know the h-lock crew is anybody i've ever worked with right you know it's not it's a crew bach one is the only one who's really been the other guy mm-hmm. who we did a couple albums together as as the h-lock crew but okay yeah it's all been it's all been myself and then just anybody else who that's you know, what's up, me up with a beat or some time or whatever you know. Look, 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 look